Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here today. If you're visiting with us, you're our special guest. And uh, I've already met several people from a variety of different places, and we appreciate you so much being here. Want to give uh, honor to whom honors do. Want to thank our cleanup crew, although there's uh, still work going on. And uh, Ben and Robert and others have headed up some uh, relief efforts here in our own town, cleaning up things for folks. And so uh, if you've been had stored, storm damage and uh, need, need some help there, give us a call at the office and we'll try to get that lined up. I'm not talking about your regular yard work now, okay? <laughs> Uh, but you might talk him into, who knows what you'll talk Ben into. So, but, And if you want to help with that, why well, call the office. They'll line you up with the crew. Also, I uh, want to recognize uh, an, uh, an award. Caleb King, I believe, received an In Me, In Me, In Me Award. Did I say that right? Caleb? for your producing of the TV show Undercover Boss. Congratulations on that. Good job. All right. I want to give a uh, shout out to my uh, brother's grandson, Abe. He's listening online. And, uh, you know, I've had to kind of rework my stories I tell about my home uh, town now that they're they're clued in, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Abe loves to uh, uh, loves to read the Bible. He's a, a, a young man that's grown in the Lord, and so Abe, keep your life on mission. That's what we're talking about this morning. Is our life on mission? You know, uh, how do you keep your life on mission? We've talked about first that connecting with people. God has us out there to make connections with folks, and about serving, like we're doing in the storm areas. Look, we don't serve people because they are projects or prospects. We serve people because they're loved by God and created in God's image. And, and so uh, that needs to always be an authentic thing from God's people. And we have opportunities. One thing serving does, it creates opportunity to share the gospel, builds credibility of who we are. And, and look here, we'll never convert people just by lifestyle. While our light shines, somebody always somewhere has to open our mouth and share the good news of Jesus. It's got to be talked about. It's got, it's got to go out and be shared as Trent was uh, encouraging us the other day. But not only that, once someone's converted, then there's this deal of growing. You know, he didn't say go out and make converts. He said go make disciples of all nations. And so we teach, we baptize, and then we continue to teach them everything Jesus taught, and we grow up in the Lord. And so that's what life on mission is about. And today, we're going to talk a little bit more about this growing up thing. Really, growing up, first of all, is about who you know. Well, we say that, well, you know, it's really who you know, isn't it? How do you get a job? Well, it's, it's who you know. We like to think, well, it's talent, it's this, it's, you know, I put out my resume. Now, if you know somebody, what? you got an inside track, let's face it, right? Say, so, well, Mike, that's not fair. No, it ain't fair. I never said it was. I never claimed that life would be too fair, to be honest with you. But knowing people in right places makes things happen. That's the way the world works. Well, then Christianity growing in the Lord is about who you know. 
It's about growth connections. And the very first one right off the bat you have to recognize, we have to acknowledge, is that it's about Jesus. It's about being connected to the vine. You know, in the John chapter 15, the Bible says, verse 1 through 5, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. See growth in all these fruit passages, okay? You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. It all starts, the very first thing is the connection to Jesus is through the gospel. The connection to God and being right with him is through this story of how that God sent his son Jesus to become flesh for us. That he died on the cross for our sins. That he was raised from the dead. His body came out of the ground to give us hope our body's going to come out of the ground one day. He went back to heaven to help us every day of our lives. But one day, he's coming again. That story of the gospel, that's the power to change people's lives. That's where it all starts. That's why baptism is referred to as a new birth. Or we're born again. Those kind of phrases, right? That's where it starts. But look, it's growth from there on out. The sad thing is, some people felt, the, felt more assured about their salvation right out of the baptistry than they have 20 years after they've been in the Lord. And that's a sad thing. That they didn't get the grace of God and the assurance of God. Understand that growing is something God's about for us. So stay connected to the vine. It starts with the gospel, and it's the development and growth of the gospel out of our lives. But then we also got to stay connected to the body. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 6, it says that Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become, here's a word, mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. But not only are we connected to the vine, Jesus, we're connected to the body of Christ. And that, look, this is hugely important. We will not grow if we don't have connections to God's family. Now, we kind of have the large connection first, the, what I call the temple courts connection out of Acts. It's where the thousands were gathered there. Remember praising God, and there's worship going on, and they're learning, and they're hearing some preaching, that kind of thing. We have the kind of, if you picture this bigger circle of worship, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, but we don't have a whole lot of, uh, in, in, uh, of interaction taking place in here. We're an audience. We're sitting in pews, and looking, everybody's looking this way. 
most of you are looking this way. Some of you are looking at your phone. Some of you are texting, you know, why do I, how long is this going to last? I mean, I know there's other stuff going on out there, but basically, you're here, right? We're in an assembly. And that's, that's good. There needs to be a time where we worship and we get encouragement. But then there's that smaller circle of relationships. That's your house church or your small group that you're involved in. And that's so important to have those close relationships that can have some accountability and can have some encouragement, can have some real close sharing going on. And then there's even a smaller circle, if you'll picture, of discipleship. Where there's someone I'm studying with, they're studying with me, we're digging through the Word, we're, we're digging through our own lives, and, 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 and we're growing in the Lord from that relationship too. All those connections need to be in your life. If you only have one of them, if you only have this big one, you're not going to be very, very connected. You'll wake up one day and say, well, those people don't care about me. Uh, uh, I remember I had, one, had a lady tell me one time, said, well, Mike, if I'm not there, y'all don't even miss me. And I thought for a minute, I, I, you know, I understand that. If this is the only time you're here, if that's the only relationship you have is a big group, that's problematic. Now, it's not about what we were doing for her. It's got to be about what she's doing for the other people around her. So the encouragement has to be hook in with somebody. Here's how relationships work. Go up that next slide, guys. Uh, I, I hesitated to use a baseball diamond. I'm a little bit sad about the St. Louis Cardinals losing. But I went ahead and went with it anyway. Uh, here's how it works. Here's how relationships take place. You first, you have at first base, you have history or storytelling. Now, we all do this on a very, very simple basis, right? You meet someone, hello, I'm so-and-so. Where are you from? Well, I'm from here. And you start sharing history. It's a, kind of, it's, a, it's a shallow start, but that's where it starts. And if you're with someone long enough, you can even share the story of how God changed your life, and you're sharing, uh, sharing more in-depth history about what's happened to you, and, and hopefully you know even more, about, uh, more in-depth about God's Word. But you have that storytelling, the history, finding out, where do you work? Where do you live? What do you do? That's that connection stuff we talked about earlier. That should move, that relationship should move on to this gift awareness or gift affirmation. Where you get to know someone so well, you, know, you notice their gifts. They notice your gifts and you can encourage those. And you can say, well, you know, uh, man, you really have the gift of, uh, of singing. By the way, uh, John did a great job with our worship team. Those folks have a great gift. Thank you, by the way, for using your gift. Yeah. But you learn that in these relationships, and you find out people's gifts, and you can encourage their gift, you can affirm it, and you can get people involved. People need to figure out how to use their gift for God. And then in that relationship, it gets to where you actually go close enough where you can share the needs that are on your heart with each other. And that relationship gets stronger. And all of a sudden, you have a loss in your family, and boy, that person is right there sharing a need with you. And you have a hurt, and they're right there sharing your hurt. And that causes what happens at home plate here, koinonia, or fellowship is the word, which means we'll get our word communion from, having in common with. That connection and that close relationship is vital for growth to take place. And so if, if you're just in the big group, you need to get in a house church or a small group, and you also need to get with someone and develop a relationship that you can share 
and they can share with you, and you can, we can have some mutual discipleship taking place in our lives. Stay connected to the body. It's so important if we're going to grow. But then we also have to stay connected to the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, the Bible says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. The Holy Spirit is given to us as God's people when we become a Christian. In Ephesians 1, the Bible says he, he guarantees that what Jesus has promised ahead is going to be there. And he's going to be with us all the way to He's a seal of sonship for us. And he is active. And he wants to be more active in bearing fruit in our lives. So we've got to stay connected to the Spirit, and to the Spirit's Word. He, he's the one that wrote that, the Bible. We need to stay connected there. We need to produce these things of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Look at that and see if I'm in step with the Spirit. And, and have that connection to help me grow. Just take a look at that list and say, which one of those do I need to work on this week? Love, patience, kindness, which one am I struggling with? Identify the areas that we need to work at in growing. Well, it's not just about who you know. It's also about what you do. It's about growth action. The first one of these things out of, out of Philippians is to eat right. You know, I don't want to talk much about eating right during Thanksgiving holidays, do you? Christmas is coming up, you know, and so some of you are going to make all those special uh, recipes that you save for those days, right? And you know your family's anticipating them. They're like, oh, boy, my mom makes this apple pie, man. You know, there's this anticipation, right, that for what you want to eat. Uh, matter of fact, a, a friend of mine and I, we were, we were uh, had to go buy a one of the pharmacies late one night, somebody stopped in there. We were getting in line. There's a little bit of a line. It was during the Christmas season. And a person uh, in line in front of us was buying some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of liquor, you know. And they turned and saw me. You know, that's a fearful, you see your preacher when you're holding a bottle of liquor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a fearful thing. They see me and they recognize me. What they don't realize, I don't recognize them. But they see me, and then they turn around and, oh, hey, and they start explaining to me why they have this bottle because all these special recipes at Christmas that they make, you know. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it's just to make sure that I knew. So I turned to my buddy that was with me after they left. I said, you know, did, do you know them? He said, no, I don't know them. I said, I don't either. You know, they confess for nothing, you know I mean? <laughs> What do you eat on? The book of Philippians says, Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellence, worthy of praise, think about these things. Those are the things that we should be feeding into our hearts and minds. We need to eat right from the Word of God. We need to eat right from encouraging things. We need to think about those things. Look, don't, don't, uh, don't let someone feed you garbage. Now, how would you think about it if you were all sitting up there at your house and somebody just walked in, a friend of yours, with their garbage can and went to the middle of your living room and dumped it on the floor? 
You'd say, what in the world? What are you doing? That's crazy. Yet we'll let them walk right into our life and with their mouth dump the, dump the junk and garbage and complaints and arguing and all this criticism and all that kind of stuff. They'll dump it right into our hearts and right into our minds and we'll feed on it. The gossips of the world. People who cannot control their tongue. Keep them away from your heart. They damage us. The Bible says do all things without complaining and griping. We need to silence the gripers and the complainers in God's family. It causes damage. Don't feed on that. Don't believe those things. Don't, ha don't let someone come and dump garbage into your heart and mind. Don't do it. You deserve to eat better than that. Get into God's Word. Be around people who are encouraging. Help them. Feed on good stuff. It, when, when that bad show comes on TV, it's, it's full of nothing but immorality. And let's turn it off. Don't feed on that. Feed on good stuff that's going to build you to be more like Jesus. We need a good, steady diet of spiritual things. Paul said in Romans, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, and how many of you would like to have a little bit of life and peace in your life, right? Eat right. Romans 12 says, Paul writes, encouraging people about how to live right. It says, in view of God's mercies. Now get that, in view of God's mercies. When you were a kid, you ever had one of those viewfinders? You know, you put the little round thing in, click, 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 and boy, you were just right there. Were you seeing something in view of God's mercies? Look back through God's word. All the times he was patient with Israel and his people, and he showed them mercy and grace and mercy and grace. And all the times through Jesus' actions, mercy, mercy. And look, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Look, this is just your reasonable service or worship. Same word. And don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. See, look, transformation is about maturity. Conforming is a lot of times about immaturity. Conforming takes place because of pressures from without. Here recently, a man was baptized in our church family. Uh, he's from out of town. I talked to him later. My, he's so excited about the gospel. He's so appreciative of our church. He said, but my one thing bothered me. I said, what's that? He said, well, when I came out of the baptistry and I was meeting people and I was telling somebody about what I did and they were talking to me about some kind of job deal or whatever. By the way, I have no idea who this is. So if it's you, I'm, you know, sorry. <laughs> he said, I started talking to the guy and the guy started talking to me about work and he started cussing about every three, three or four words. And he, and he said, right in your sanctuary, you know, he says this is even a special place for whatever reason. And he couldn't believe it. And I thought, what a terrible, terrible example to dump garbage on a clean heart. He, he, he's brand new. He needs to eat a lot of good, healthy stuff. He don't need people dumping garbage in his life. Transformation. Look, conforming is pressure from the outside. You take somebody, typically, typically a guy like that, you take maybe has some bad language, you could bring him into a devotional group at my house or a house church or something, 
he, he won't use bad language typically while he's, while he's there. He'll conform. And then when he goes out on the job, he'll, do, he'll, he'll be right back to his bad language. See, even con- good conformity is immature. We need transformation. That's from the inside out where the Holy Spirit lives. And that happens, Paul says, by the renewing of your mind. When we feed our mind good, healthy stuff, then he says, guess what happens? You're able to make good decisions about what's right and wrong when you feed on good things and have transformation taking place in your life. It's part of growing up. Not only do we eat right, we got to exercise. James chapter 1. But but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. And, and after he looks at himself, he goes away at once, forgets what he looked like. It's like you waking up this morning. How many looked in a mirror this morning? How many are thinking, uh-oh, I wish I had looked in a mirror this morning? Right? <laughs> Well, you look in the mirror, you say, man, that needs some adjustment. I better wipe that piece of dirt off my face. And then you walk away and you forget it's there and you go around all day with it. That's what he's talking about. People look into God's Word, they agree and they say, man, that that right there, that's right. Boy, that needs to be changed. And they turn around after looking in that mirror of God's Word and walk right off and do nothing about what worship. Look. My need is not more truth. I need to learn more truth. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But really about living right, my, my struggle is not deciding what's right and wrong. My struggle is practicing God's Word and doing the right thing. I know what's right and wrong most of the time. It's just trying to do the right thing. That's my struggle. Is that yours? And so, so all of a sudden, I, this practicing God's Word... This transformation that takes place, it'll change my life. I've just got to do what I already know is right. It's not about right information. It's about transformation. God changing my life from the inside out. So if I'm sitting around arguing and being ugly to my wife, I've got to quit it. I'm not practicing God's Word. I'm immature. A mature person doesn't do that, you see. Mature person doesn't, doesn't keep practicing the wrong in their life that they were supposed to have left behind. You've got to change. You've got to grow up in the Lord. That means we've got to practice the Word of God. Matthew 7 says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Remember that Sermon on the Mount? He doesn't start out with commands. He starts out with blessings. And after that whole sermon, the very last verse in the sermon is, Look, be wise. Put into practice these things I've told you about living right. Exercising God's Word in my life is a daily challenge. But I have to do that. It's a part of my growing up. We need to mature and grow up. Then the last one here on growth actions is... Rest in peace. Now, you usually see this at the end of your life, don't you? Rest in peace. When we consistently violate the Sabbath principle of rest 
and thinking about God, then we're going to run into trouble. Your marriage will run into trouble. Your life will run into trouble. And yet in America, we honor that kind of, well, he works 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, that's a good thing. No, that's a sorry thing because he keeps violating one of the Ten Commandments, one of the big ten. If he violated any of the other ones like that, well, we'd say there's big trouble in his life, right? But we, we violate the principle of rest and, mediating for, and meditation on God's Word. We violate that principle, and nobody says anything about it. Look, we, can't, we need to rest. And we need to have peace. Now, Philippians 4 says this. Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything with thankful hearts. Offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then because you belong to Christ Jesus, God will bless you with peace that no one can completely understand. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. I love that verse. Or some of you like me, you have a hard time going to sleep at night. Your mind gets to running. Seems like there's a hundred things you're thinking of. And uh, your, your things to do list, you know, it's right there in front of you. And then I have to ask myself, now wait a minute. Why am I acting in my mind like I'm in control of everything? How many storms have to blow through your town to realize you don't really have much control in life? Over your stuff or over your situation? That somewhere I've got to learn to lay my burdens down and trust God to take care of them. You know what? He's never messed up. I believe He can take care of my struggles and my burdens. He really can but so hard sometimes to lay those down. I'm telling you, we can't rest in peace so we can live life on mission if we keep uh, all the burdens and all the worries and all the anxiety on our own hearts all the time. It'll stress us out. And look, when you live in a state of stress, then you're just one moment away from jumping all over your wife or your husband or your kids in a sinful bad way, aren't we? Because that's what happens to us. And we get out of control. And grown-up, mature people in God shouldn't act that way. Look, mature people have some characteristics about their life. Mature people are responsible. They don't blame everybody else in life for everything going on. Well, you know, immature people are cops why I got the ticket. The, the teachers why I got the bad grade. Remember that? I remember reading a little story, little Johnny, you know, he took home and his, his, uh, his dad got all over him about, you better not bring in a, a, a bad grade now. You better not bring that in. That if you bring that in, somebody, you know, somebody's going to be getting a spanking. So he goes to his teacher and he says, ma'am, I, I just wanted to warn you. My dad said that if I get a bad grade, somebody's going to get a spanking. Why is it so hard to see ourselves, you see? Mature people take responsibility. Mature people understand how to accept an injustice in their life. And there will be injustices. And instead of growing bitter and hateful when an injustice takes place, godly people who are mature know how to get over that hump and love the enemies and practice what's right no matter what the situation. 
Are you, am I mature? Am I growing? Am I connected to the body? And am I taking action to grow my life? That's the question for us today. Keep your life on mission. Connect with people. Serve people. Share your story. But look, be sure you're connected to the vine and the body and the spirit, growing yourself up in the Lord so we can be effective as God's body in the world around us. Father, we love you. Thank you for the day. Thank you, Father, for Jesus, for that gospel that brings us in connection with you. Thank you, Father, for grace and for mercy that, that we're only saved by because we cannot earn our salvation. We totally depend upon you. We're thankful, Father, for your sacrifice and your love. But Father, as a body, we want to grow up. We want to be more mature people. We want to be like your son. Bless us as we do that. We, we struggle with it. Uh, we know that Satan is there. He doesn't want us to become like Jesus. Uh, help us to learn to be unselfish, growing, mature disciples, Father, that make an impact on the world around us. Thank you, Father, for our time together. I thank you for this church and what they mean to me and how they've helped me grow so much over the years. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This church at Washbury Road gave me, I was thinking about it over my life, gave me my wife. I met her here in 1976 when I came to school of preaching. She was up back in the local office, Trent was up in your area. She, was, she worked in the local office. I was a preacher student. I was the preacher that ran off with the church secretary. <laughs> you know, and this church gave me my wife. This church gave me my Bible, my desire to grow in grace and assurance. This church gave me my ministry. So it's always an honor and a privilege to share in, uh, with you God's Word. And this church has a lot to give to the community around us. My life was changed. And you have a part of that. And you will continue as you go out and grow in the Lord to change lives around you. And I praise God for how you do that in life. If you want to change life today, you can start all over. By walking down this aisle, being baptized into Christ and start brand new. If you've struggled, if you've, if, if you've fallen, you need some help, that's why we're here. Pray for each other, help each other in our struggles. Uh, that's our DNA. Look, we're in it together. Nobody, nobody is holier than anybody else around here. We're all in the same, have the same need of the grace of God. So if you have a need today, you want to respond, do so while together we stand and sing.